0: this is this is like a lesson for everybody out there so if you've got something and you need more cash there are way there are no excuses no excuses zero excuses to get out of debt to follow that dream to create more cash all right so today on the podcast we've got rock sandretto we're shooting today at the highlands college in the wonderful podcast studio that we have here it's a, such a blessing to get to use this but we're talking about rock to rock today rock owns salon 43 one here in birmingham so a little bit of context about rock rock um grew up here in birmingham but also battled a little addiction met a great woman found jesus that's a common story you hear in a lot of people's lives they battled something that was hard they found a great girl they found jesus and then from that point on he's had a wonderful probably tough good tough life so rock sandro and also Rock's a great friend of mine, so I know a lot of these stories already. So we're gonna talk through some of what he does from a business standpoint, but also what he does from a personal standpoint. So he is a business owner that has multiple businesses, that has kids, has a great marriage, and so this is he is our ideal human. So I
1: don't know about that. Yeah, I
0: don't <laughs> know about that. So Rock, yeah. so glad to have you here. Um it's good to be here. let's get into into you. Let's talk about yeah. like Dealt with a little addiction in the past, met your wife. Now you own a salon. So like, you don't have to go into the deep recesses, but like, let's talk about like, really the whole salon thing, because salon industry for a guy that looks like you i mean he's super jacked he's good looking i mean he doesn't know anything about hair
1: Yeah, not at so
0: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that and just give somebody some context and some history
1: yeah for sure yeah so i grew up in a wonderful christian home my parents are both love the lord they're they actually go to highlands as well and um i grew up and i just my mentality was like i was going to kind of rebel you know in high hmm. school and all that so I went through the whole rebellion stage yeah. uh, not as much in high school but as soon as I graduated um, high school um, I fell in with the wrong crowd yeah. it was actually a spring break or not spring break but senior, senior trip and um, fell into the wrong crowd and, and I wanted to start selling drugs so that's kind of how I started. Making that money. Making money yeah yeah. Let so, me say this too so this, <laughs> this is the, the common thing yeah. with everybody that's sh- that straight
0: no one's straight on their own. Yeah for sure hundred percent of the people that have screwed up part of their life meaning by making wrong decisions they make it because someone else has told them or led them to that and that's why like sure. i talk about it to john and Teagan in georgia all the time like your friends are critical
1: they're huge man and and just like chris uh, pastor chris he's like um you know show me your friends i'll show you your future sure um that's such a huge thing and now having kids we're trying to portray that as well to yeah. our kids we have four kids Uh, now and um yeah so i battled the addiction uh went to jail for uh, a little bit um it wasn't long it was uh i think it was 48 hours it was just two days but after i was on oxy um so it was pretty rough about a three-year stand of that three or four years and um when i came out of i was actually in jail all i had to read was the new testament you know they give you those little gideon bibles yeah Yeah. and i didn't have anything else to do so i started um Detoxing in jail, Um, I finished that that 48 hours out, and I came home and I had to tell my parents. You know, this is what's going on. Right. I flushed all my stuff down the toilet and I told them I was like, "Hey, don't let me go anywhere. Like, I don't care what I say. Don't let me leave your eyesight." And so, same thing with my wife, which was my girlfriend at the time. Good girl, right, Brittany, wonderful woman. She, we broke up during that time. She had no clue I was doing anything. That's crazy. It's you were so you were on drugs, and they had no clue. No clue. But at that point, it wasn't a – the addiction was so bad, it was more of a doing the drug to feel normal. To feel normal. Yeah. yeah. There was no uh, fulfillment in there. It no was, really high, I guess. Oh, no, not at all. It you was, were
0: taking drugs so that you could function every day.
1: Yeah, just – yes. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. If I didn't have the drugs, I would get you – know, Withdrawals. Withdrawals right yep. away. Yeah. So Brittany, my wife, uh, which was my girlfriend then, no clue, I – told her about everything and I asked her if she could just stick with me while I finished this uh, detox out. Um, I knew it was like a two week period just from here and everything. Yeah, it was terrible. So it got so bad during the detox about, uh, you know, four or five days in, you can't sleep. I mean, everybody knows stories about, you know, detoxing and it's, it's terrible. The only way I could sleep is if my parents or Brittany would drive me around. So like at 12 o'clock I'd wake my parents up and be like, I cannot sleep. So they would drive me around like 459, 2059 loop. The loop. Yeah. And Brittany did the, Brittany did the same thing. And then about seven days in, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I've got to go to a rehab. And it wasn't because I needed the drugs, it just detox was so bad. Sure. So we went up to Bradford, Brittany was with us um, and my mom and dad, and we went to Bradford. I was going to get checked in. And it was such a, it was like a long day, long lengthy process. And the lady there, I guess a counselor, maybe she was like, Hey, look, it's like a bell curve. Like when you're coming off drugs, it's like you hit this high where it's like the worst. And then it starts coming back down. And she said, you're a weekend right now. So you've got to be at the top of the curve. So it's not going to get that much worse. It's going to get better from here. Mm. And that, and then I talked to another guy that was going to my church at the time um, that dealt with a lot of the stuff with the foundry and stuff yeah. like that. He told me the same thing. So I had that confirmation and I was like, okay, I can stick this out. I was reading my Bible every, you know, just trying to like pour into God. Cause mm-hmm. that was like the only way I knew how to do it. And sure enough, man, God just totally led me out of that addiction. Um, I've been clean, I guess 17 years that's somewhere so else. Awesome. there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And so even now though, I, when I go to the doctor and need cough syrup or, you know, something like that, I always make sure everybody knows like, Hey, I had a past, you yeah. know, so don't give me anything. That's not that I think I would mentally, but I just don't want to put myself in that predicament, you know, of sure. Doing something that might, trigger, trigger. Or something yeah who knows yeah. yeah right okay so you come off the drugs come off the drugs <clears throat> now where's the where, where did that
0: like the quick version of that path before you own the salon
1: yeah so, so uh i dropped out of school because okay. I, I was on drugs when i was going to two-year college jeff state <clears throat> i dropped out of school and then i just started working just regular jobs like manual labor type sure. job just trying to trying uh, to make money trying to make money well about a year of me being sober me and Brittany got pregnant so, okay. Brittany became pregnant. Um, and uh, I knew we had to. I just grew up, you get married, you know what I'm saying? You have to do the right thing. Um, it's, a and southern, not, it's a southern it, thing. It's a southern thing. And not that that's the best decision for everybody, but. It's cultural. Yes, it's cultural. So, we get married, like we've been clean for a year, right away get married, then have a daughter, you know? And uh, it was hard. Still working just like not dead-end jobs, the people, my employees were very good, but it was just jobs that just weren't gonna ever get me where I really wanted to go in life. Um, I finally got on to the coal mines. So uh, the underground coal mines in Oak Grove, where I grew up, there was somebody that was hiring. And so I got on down there and I was an electrician, getting paid really well. And that was gonna be my career. I was just like, God's got me here, I'm cool with it. You can make a great living. Now, okay, you got a kid, what's Britt doing? So Brittany was doing hair. So she's been doing hair since she was 15. Great, yeah, yeah. So she's been on 280 doing hair since she was 15. Hard worker, just loves the Lord. Straight A, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. great person. And I'm the mess up, you know what I'm saying? I'm the one jacking around. So,
0: okay, so you're working the coal mines. I mean, for a middle class, everyday citizen working in the coal mines is a very good respectable job yes for sure uh, 80,000 a year
1: yeah eighty, ninety, somewhere around yeah. there yeah for sure okay six days a week <clears throat> Oof, hard work uh hard work but it was a union job not to bash on unions yep. but um i was an electrician so i really didn't have to do much manual labor um i just had to fix things so sure. it, was, it was fine with me about five years in, so you worked in the coal mines for five years, six years total. Six years, yeah, oh, right. six years total. Yeah, I it was know a long that. time. Yeah, it was a long time. So about five years in, we had been. So we started going to Highlands. Let me try to back this up. I'm not trying to pull this into yeah. Highlands, but we were in Highlands and uh, we were in church, not in small groups, but we were just in church doing the church thing. Yeah. Well, around that five year mark, I uh, went on a missions trip to Haiti and all this stuff. So my spiritual growth was more mature than it had been before in the past. Correct. So, um, during 21 days of prayer, you know, all in stuff like that. And one of the things on, uh, 21 days of prayer, Matt minor, um, talked about being where you are and letting God use you in those situations, Mm -hmm. not getting complacent, but just being open to where God has you for that. Sure. So that year five, I was just like, Hey, I'm gonna try to witness to people down here. It's a rough crowd, but I was just like, I'm going to be me, you know, a Christian and I work in this place, no big deal, right? So, um, started working there, and then in year six, which has been in 2015, early 2015, we started, Brittany started wanting to do a salon. She was like, hey, I really want my own space. She's been doing hair for a long time at this point. Okay,
0: let's, let's stop right here, yeah, yeah. let's talk finances, because this is a huge part yeah. of what we do. Mm-hmm. So
1: you're making decent money in the, in, the, in the
0: coal mines. She making good money, or is she just like getting by?
1: man, you know, what's crazy. We joke about this all the time. I remember whenever I was working and she started doing hair, she'd make like three, 400 bucks a week. Yeah. And I was like, this is a dead end job. What are you doing? Sure. I was like, go to McDonald's and work. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. this, I was just like that mentality of like, what are you even, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's just, and that's on me for, for calling it like that. When God had its way bigger picture than, you know, you yeah. can't ever see God's plan until you see God's plan. Right. So, yeah. So she, she was, you know, financially, we were, we weren't tithing as much as we ought to have been. We tithe but not as much yeah. and, uh, not off a hundred percent of our income. We knew tithing. I grew up tithing, but it was always like my, my parents made me tithe, you know, you sure. get 20 bucks, you got to tithe the two. Yeah. So it was, it was more of a, not of a, a spiritual aspect of honoring. It was more of a biblical, uh, uh, legalism, legalism. Yeah. yeah. Good, good word. Yeah. So all during this time, God's working on us and we're starting to kind of figure out finances. We were never in a great place. Like, you know, financially, we never had excess. You know what I'm saying? We, it was always paycheck to paycheck. Right. Um, we, had, we had Bryson at the time. So we had two kids at this time. So okay. we had our oldest and then we had our son. So we had two kids. And Brittany was like, I want to do my own salon. And at this point I was just like, okay, if you're, if you're ever going to step out and do something, now's the time. I've got a good W2 job. Like we can make this work. <laughs> So, um, hold on, let me back up just a little bit, because this is how the finances work with the salon, and it's a big big play. After Haiti trip, I felt like I wanted to go back to school uh, to do mechanical engineering. So- I didn't know that. Yeah, so I went back to night classes. I made the dean's list, everything. I am mean, just like killing school. But my whole point, I was gonna quit completely the coal mines and finish school as fast as I could. So we sold everything, we had no debt. We sold cars, we sold anything that we had debt, we paid it down. So we had no debt whatsoever. So the way God set that up, is kind of crazy looking back because I thought it was more for me to be financially free, which ended up turning that way. But I thought it was gonna go back to school, you know, that kind of path. And, so hold on one second. Why, yeah. why did you go back to be a mechanical engineer? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so. What was, that, the, what was the plan?
1: Yeah, so when I went to college in the very beginning, when I was on drugs, I wanted to do mechanical engineering. I just like math. I like numbers, all that stuff. So when I went to Haiti and kind of came to that closeness with God and kind of like that, I just really felt in my heart, like it was like that was the next step. And I knew to make that step happen, we had to get our finances in order. Yeah. Cool thing was with all that story, I went to school, I did a couple of semesters, great grades, Everything is going good. And then Brittany wanted to do the salon around that time. So they kind of threw a kink in the thing because I was like, I was gonna quit, but that's okay, I'll stay here, finish out school. So you're still doing Coal mining, you're night classes. To, holy crap. Yeah, it was, it was rough, two kids. Um, and then so we found a place on Valleydale um, at the end of Valleydale 280. And Brittany was like this is the place I want to I want to I want to do my salon so we start I, I was electrician so I, I knew how to do most of the build out so mm. we did all our build out ourselves, everything like that um as much as we could you know for building codes and yeah. stuff and it was right around what's tw- 21 days in September this, no, this tw- uh, the, January and then you have the 21 August, days yeah. August so that August I was on the way to the mines. It was like a 50 minute drive, and I and I had to leave at like 4:30 in the morning to get down there. So I'm driving, and I'm doing my 21 days of prayer, right? And I'm praying, and I'm like, you know, God's never really spoke to me a lot. Yeah. You know, as, as far as just like a, a audible voice, I knew was God, but as on the way to work, uh, I felt like the Lord saying, I "You need to quit your job." Wow. So i talked to Brittany and there's a couple little backstories on that. And she was like, go for it. So two weeks to the day was our grand opening. So I put my two weeks notice in two weeks from that notice. The grand opening of the grand salon. 43 one. I worked front desk, bro. Yeah, you did. Yes. Front desk. <laughs> Brittany and all our girls that was, that remember that would tell you how crappy I probably was at that yeah. job. But it was like, we can make this work. And I remember the first week, I don't remember the actual number, but I saw some money, you know, and I was like, this might actually work. This like work. it's going to take a while, but this might actually work. Yeah. And so we had a few employees. Brittany was working behind the chair all the time, like constantly just making, making ends meet. And then slowly, man, God just started just blessing that. And then our tithing became more like structural and let's ask a technical question. Yeah. Okay.
0: So in, in the salon world, you have rent and then you have percent it's rent. You,
1: yeah, yeah. So you can go two different ways. So yeah. there's two different business models, um, two two main business models. You can have commission based, yep. or you can have booth rent. Booth, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Booth, yeah, rent. yeah. yeah that's what did other. y'all do? Shorten out commission.
0: So, so Susie Susie has the space. Susie doesn't pay anything, but she gets she have to give her x percent of every head she cuts.
1: Exactly. Yep. So
0: she ha- makes a hun- head cuts a hair and it's hundred bucks.
1: She makes certain percentage off of that. And we, and the salon keeps the other. But percentage. Susie doesn't have to pay any rent. She pays no rent, does not pay for color. Any any supplies that she uses, she's a W2 employee. So we provide every. But she makes a percentage. She makes a percentage, yeah. Mm, so okay. business-wise, about three or four months in, one of our reps is like, hey, you need to try this consulting firm. Like, this is great, y'all are. So just, you're four months in and you, wow. It's crazy how God, yeah, it, it's all, looking back, it's all just like god lined everything. And let me say this, I've told you yeah. this before.
0: On salons, I have heard that these consulting firms are wonderful when it comes to salons. If a
1: salon, yeah. If somebody owns a salon, first of all, I would not go booth rent. Yeah. <laughs> but I would do commission-based salon. If they own a salon and they do not have a consulting firm, it'll it's life-changing. Is somebody having a playbook for you and yeah. being like, hey, this is a whole... Like, now we have a whole career path. Like, it's so structured. And it's all based off of that first consulting. That's you crazy. Know? Yeah, it's wild. So it's, so now when, the, when, when our employees come to a job interview, we can show them what they're going to make at each level. Hey, you're going to make you know, $60,000, 100000 120000 And we can show them on paper, hey, these are, the, these are the benchmarks you have to hit. If you hit this, you will take home this. So, it's an it's a easy, and a lot of salons don't. They're just like, yeah, get behind the chair, see what you can Let's do. Let's go, girl. Let's go. Let's go. Make some money. Hair. Yeah. So, every month we sit down one on ones with the. So, every stylist I sit down with, we have one on ones and we go over numbers. And it's, a lot of it's just life. A lot of the people is like, you're like a father to them in you know, a certain way. not Sure. You know, and so, you're trying to guide them on saving. Um, marriage you know you're giving them so much advice so you're able to pour into people so much and that's another cool aspect it's not for me and Brittany it's not a let's make as much money as we want and and can I mean it is a business but our biggest thing is our employees yeah like we want to pour in we want all our employees to do great and that's how it well the better the employees in what you're
0: doing the better the employees do the better y'all do and that's it's not selfish 100%. It's, just the, yeah. it's just the way it is so you want them to make tons of money because if they're making tons of money you make even more money yeah, the salon so when money. was
1: the first year of the Salon 16? 15 September 1st of 2015 so 15. Mm-hmm. so
0: you've had it's, so we're on year 7 now
1: uh, uh, 7 of coal mines?
0: No, seven of. You know, oh yeah, right yeah, now, yeah, right yeah, now, no, currently.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you y'all've owned the salon seven years. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah, seven years. So y'all, yeah. And I'll move to. So so we, we we did we had the Valleydale location and then we found another one beside Taco Mama at yep. Gears right here, and so we wanted to expand. We were just kind of busting at the seams. We had six chairs. We went from six chairs to thirteen chairs, um, and we tried to do both locations. Just didn't work. The second location, a lot of people in
0: Birmingham know, but the second location is on on one nineteen next to Taco Mama. Edgar's, um, Bellini's, Edgar's, all yeah, those and that it. Wonderful location out right here in Birmingham. It's so
1: crazy too, the traffic, the foot traffic that you have on that location versus the first location. Yeah. Um, it, so much goes into a play when you have a brick and mortar, mm-hmm. you know, about U-turns, 280, how are you gonna turn in there? It, it And that really showed us, just showing us what a salon could do. And so having that location was great. So we had did both locations for a while. And then at this time, Booth rent was kind of becoming this big uh, thing in the salon industry. A lot of the stylists, they get where they feel like they topped out and they want to try booth rent. And so you lose stylists to booth rent every year. It's, it's, you're going to lose somebody because they want to try booth rent. Even so, at your location, you are still losing. Yeah, thing. we lost somebody this week for booth <clears throat> rent, but it's perfect for her situation. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's a total blessing from us. Like You have these people that will get to a certain point and they just kind of stop. And we want all our employees to keep excelling. Mm. So when they start st- seeing in that same just normal pace, we have this conversation of like, hey, where's your future here? Do you see like you? Do you see anything here for you or do you feel like something else? And so this lady, um, this uh, woman, she left for a booth in a salon, which is great. It's great. It'll give her some, maybe a next step in her career, you know? So.
0: Do you, okay, so when these people leave, mm-hmm. do they ever sit there and look at you and go, Hey, I'm fine with making what I want to make. I'm good. I don't want to grow anymore.
1: Do you ever hear that? Yeah, not as not a lot. Ten percent, maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, So yeah, it's not a huge. It's not a huge. um, People follow money. I mean, so if 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 you're showing them, hey, look, you're at this making this per year. All you gotta do is hit these numbers, and you're gonna make this. Yeah. And they see that jump, thirty thousand a year, forty thousand. So they're like, oh, okay, I can I can push it a little bit more. Now once they get married, a lot of them will get married, and, and their husbands will have a great W-2 job, and they're kind of like, then they'll start kind of slacking off a little bit. Mm. But then usually they just kind of, it's crazy how the Lord, and I was having a story with the guy that we're doing the new location with, and I was like, the Lord always weeds people out. So instead of us having those rough conversations of like, hey, you just don't belong here anymore, the Lord always takes them, which is amazing for us. Wow, it's it's crazy. It's just yeah. it's insane. And so... Yeah, so it's not a big, and our turnover is not a lot. They say you lose ten percent of your workforce a year, and that's probably about average. Well, you lo- lose about ten percent. Booth rent, or somebody moves, or somebody gets pregnant. They just want to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And so it's it's all normal things, normal um, progressions of life, I guess.
0: Okay, so so on the on the salon seven years, um, where did your role like like tell me what your role in the salon has been, and then. How do you and Brittany, as a, as a family, which is a little bit odd, how do y'all as a family manage this? What are responsibilities like? So it
1: took a long time to figure that out mm. because coming from working with your hands mm. to front desk job, like a receptionist, it was a big ordeal and, I, and it was a lot I had to deal with. So once the salon started picking up, year one, it was rolling pretty, pretty well. And so year two, that's when I started the photography thing. I started shooting. Just to kind of give me something else to do, were you getting bored? I get bored with things really easy. Like if, if there's no growth to be had or, or no benchmarks for me personally, yeah, I get super bored and I'm like, okay, I got to do something else. Oh, so you sure. started doing photography.
0: Is this, I mean, this is quasi like, are y'all making a lot of money at this point or are y'all just?
1: No, we're probably. So you're looking for a side hustle
0: to make some more cash.
1: Yeah, we're probably making six figures a year at that time. So, I mean, not, not together crazy. Or compi- yeah, together. together oh, yeah. yeah okay. So it's not, it's not amazing, but we didn't have any, you know, we had six months saved up when we first opened the salon. So we knew once that six months went went through, we would have to do something. And I always mm-hmm. knew I could get another job, Yeah, but the Lord never saw it that way. He was sure. just like, well, we'll just keep growing. And um, and that's how that works. So yes, it was a very hard time for me personally to try <laughs> to just figure out what is my role, right? Yeah. Like numbers were good, I'm good with Excel. So I started doing tons of spreadsheets, following numbers. The structure of the consulting firm helped me out a lot because then I had the one-on-ones. I had different numbers I knew to hit. So I had a lot more day-to-day, but it wasn't still like a, it was probably like 20 hours a week, 10 hours a week. It wasn't a lot, you know? And so that's when I started doing the photography. And then the photography kind of blew up, took off and-
0: Did you know anything Did you know anything about photography? Dude, I knew nothing about photography. It's so
1: funny. Yes, it's crazy. So I watched, there's some guys here that were worked on high line, on staff. And, um, I remember I met with one guy and was like, show me what ISO is. Show me all these like aperture, like show me everything to do with a camera. And then I went on YouTube, man, YouTube, everything shot my first wedding by myself. I never second shot anybody. So I just went out there and just shot a wedding. Turned Were out great.
0: So freaking nervous. shooting. Dude, I nice took,
1: so on an average wedding, two shooters, usually take like 3000 pictures and you kind of cool them down. I remember that first wedding, I think I took like 6,000 pictures. I mean, it was like, I just didn't want to miss anything. I was just like, I'm going to have more pictures than I need, you know? And then, of course, you learn that as you go. But um, that was at the time when Instagram – and traveling photography became was like kind of starting that uptick mm-hmm. and my style was a lot different from anybody else's in alabama like there's people out west doing my style it's more like a a lot of people do it now
0: so you saw on youtube you picked people on youtube to study so you've studied people that were across the country across the world mm-hmm. and you kind of mimicked a style that you like i like that 100
1: percent. i pretty much ripped off somebody else's style in utah they were in utah i ripped off their style figured out how they edited that way and then started putting my edits on it so that's exactly what happened, 100%, just ripped somebody else off. That's great. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, ripping it off is like a very, it's a vague, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you copied somebody, which is the ultimate form of flattery. You're not taking business from that guy in Utah. Not at all, not at all. Man, that's so good. I did not know that. I thought, yeah. I didn't know where the photography came from. You <laughs> yeah. Just, you just, you got a quick 10 minute lesson. This is, this is like a lesson for everybody out there. So if you've got something and you need more cash, there are way, there are no excuses. No excuses zero excuses to get out of debt to follow that dream to create more cash
1: let me tell you this just talking about cash for a second yeah. so we have a bernadoodle It's a dog it's like one yeah. of those and then we have a poodle so they're like high dollar dogs when you yeah. sell them we've gone through three litters. yeah and they sell twenty five hundred dollars a dog so it's like that that's not a lot of startup costs and it happens three times you can do, probably do it twice a year mm-hmm. really and that's pretty good bit of money to make side money, right? Yeah. There's no excuse to not make money on anything.
0: Yeah. So here's a great example for everybody out there. So he's work, doing the front desk at a salon, but he's also YouTubing and talking to people about photography, photography, goes out and just does photography and then markets yourself, not even markets yourself a bunch. I mean, just started picking up weddings
1: there, here and there, right? Yeah, that's what it was. It, how I many think, weddings did you do that first year? First year, I probably did three. So how did you do anything besides weddings? Um. Yeah, Yeah. I, I, I shot Family and quickly realized I didn't want to shoot Family. Okay. I shot a lot of engagements, okay. stuff like that. And then year two, I think I did like 25 weddings or something like that. And so that's when I started traveling. So people just fly me all over. So I've been to California tons of so times. So you've YouTube. been
0: – I mean, this is crazy. I can't wrap my mind around this. I didn't know all these details. So you are two years into – less than two years into weddings, and your people are tr- – you're traveling. Yeah. How does someone in California hear about you?
1: Instagram. So my Instagram went from like – you know, a couple hundred followers, and then it it got up to, I think right now I don't know I don't ever post on I haven't posted in like two years, but I think I have like thirty five thousand followers. So it just started just jumping up. Rock sandro Photography. Rock SPS, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> at. <laughs> at, at Rock SPS. Yeah, yeah so um, that's what happened, man. And, it, and that whole scene was so huge at that time. So I started getting connected with other photographers in Portland, California, and we had this whole circle of like pretty big time photographers. Okay. Yeah.
0: Let me ask this, how much did you study? How much did you study the YouTube stuff and study like your craft as far as all this is concerned?
1: Did you do it pretty sh- hard? Yeah, I mean, I, I go everything pretty crazy, yeah, yeah, honestly. I mean, I probably put in 20, 40 hours maybe to learn it all, something like that. But uh, as you started doing it did, uh, you start it, did you start? You learn different tricks on editing. Editing's, composition's big on photography, like just making sure everything's yeah right. Um, and that picked up pretty fast. I didn't really have to learn that part as much as learning the editing style, you know, just Mm -hmm. learning how I wanted to edit, making everything, you know, uniform across the album, stuff like that. But that went crazy for, like, I just got back from Los, you know, Las Vegas to shoot that wedding. That was a crazy, that was a Halloween wedding. That was crazy. But, um, and I've got one in the Grand Tetons next year to shoot and then I'm kind of done. I'm kind of phase that out. But you didn't do many this year. No, no, no. I think I only did like five or six. So I started cutting it back. So after that 25 or yeah. whatever it was, Brittany was like, hey, you've got to limit yourself. Because I would start, I, I go hardcore and then I, I'll kind of get like burnt out a little bit. Like, okay, I need something else.
0: How much did you make doing that, first, that second year, or like 25 weddings? Rough, I think at that rough. time
1: I was probably charging 3000 a wedding, 3500 a wedding, something. Not crazy. So 80 grand. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around that. Yeah,
0: eighty k. So eighty thousand dollars. What did you do with the eighty k? Is that just lifestyle money? Yeah. (laughs) Power bills. You buy
1: stupid stuff. Yeah. No stupid stuff. Yeah. (laughs) No, for sure. Yeah. Let me be honest. The I mean, I would like to say, oh, I put all that money up. You invested that money at that time in our lives. Though the salon was paying our, you know, doing everything correctly. You know, business was good. That money we went on trips. You know, stuff like that. But it was more rock being selfish i mean if i'm no that's good with it yeah honestly yeah yeah it was it was just me being selfish and just and me and Brittany had tons of different arguments about that and it was just looking back on that now and it wasn't that long ago but i could see my maturity at that time of sure. like my my headspace is totally different nowadays right but um but yeah it's kind of just had fun with with most of that uh,
0: all right, let's talk about parenting through this thing <clears throat> so we're 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 in this together do you feel good about the way you've raised these kids through this process? Because you've had time. One of the things that you've—I feel like you've done a good job at—is you've had time, and when you have had extra, extra time, you've put it put something in that spot. But you've never been like someone that's just going super crazy with like I have no time. Yeah. So I talk. Let's talk through kids and like where they are, how they, where their ages right
1: now, and just like with
0: parenting your kids with both of you owning a business.
1: Yeah so Berkeley and Bryson, our oldest, so she's 15 and he's about to be 13 with those two Berkeley and Bryson. They kind of went through that whole process with us of figuring everything out. Um, I think we did a, our oldest right now, we're kind of going through some stuff with with her right now. So it's kind of like, I feel very inadequate to even talk about parenting, but, um, I feel like we were, we were there a lot. We parented as well as we could. We did uh, growing kids God's way. Yes, yeah, yeah, I love it. We did so. Too. Sean Clark, who uh, has Five Stones Church now up in Franklin, he was here and he was our small group leader, and he poured into me and Brittany so much. Like every time I see him now, I'm just like, "You changed our life." Because parenting at that point, they were still young enough to be parented, of, of, as far as guided, disciplined, maybe. And then it starts becoming a heart like okay well you messed up because what are you feeling like what made you feel like you wanted to do that you know and so it goes from discipline spanking or however you want to discipline your kids to a certain age where um that kind of discipline just doesn't isn't as effective to us in our opinion so then it kind of goes into a whole different realm and so i feel like we did a, a good job i mean we you know we Every kid has their different personality, first Absolutely. of all. Absolutely. And that's one thing we're learning in this in this season is is I know which kids now are kinda like my like following my personality and know which ones are following Brittany's. And so I'm like my oldest is following the way that I kind of look at things and and that's a scary thing, honestly. Sure. And I talked to my parents and I, I texted them the other day and I was just like, Thank you so much for putting up with me. Like you don't realize until you're in that position of what a parent goes through in certain situations. Yeah. And so that's very hard. And all my friends have younger kids because we got pregnant very young. And so it's hard to even kind of have those conversations with people because their kids just aren't at that age to try things or, or to want to experience life, you yeah. know, in certain situations. So, yeah. So, so we're kind of dealing with some stuff now with our oldest, but the thing is, is her heart is pure. She was raised correctly, biblically, biblically. So, you know, that verse is raise a raise a kid in the way that you want them to go, you know, and they'll never turn back, you know? And so we're kind of praying that right now yeah. in this season, but, um, our younger two. So we, we had two more, um, two more kids and they're five and four. So we kind of had a whole big gap, n- big gap huge gap. And this was right. when we opened our new location. So it was tons of stress. Brittany's pregnant. We're opening a new location, yeah. all this kind of stuff, Spend on, a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, one of the pregnancies, we, we swapped insurance companies, and so one of them wasn't even covered, so we had to pay out of pocket. I mean, just total yeah. chaos. Complete blessings now because the things that we learned with our first two that we thought were so important, we realized they're not as important, and some other areas are more important. more important. Yeah. And so parenting, to me, is one of those things. There's no playbook. Every kid's different. You have to parent the way that God leads you to parent. And this is, you know, in a, in a in our world right now it's like we can't parenting parent kid a the same as kid b it's hard for me because you have different personalities and as they grow those personalities become stronger and stronger because they're trying to become a woman or a man so i think we're kind of running through all that right now and just trying to navigate those waters and it is it's very hard very difficult um a lot of prayer honestly it's just praying um different grades in school, you know, so there's a lot of things that we're trying to figure out right now, honestly, with our older kids. Our younger kids are, you know, five and four, you know, I mean, it's just little spankings here and there.
0: The thing that I've, I've I've figured out is as parents, we can't be concerned with our kids' happiness. We gotta be concerned about what they're becoming and because they want things that they, they, they don't need. Right. like, They don't wanna go to bed. They need to go to bed, right? They can't have Kit Kats for dinner. They want Kit Kats for dinner. For sure. They have to, and my wife has done a really good job at talking through this, you you gotta choose your heart. And we talk about that all the time. It's like, hey, you gotta choose your heart. Your heart is like making the hard decision now to be cooperative and eat dinner, or your heart is gonna be not eating dinner at all, whatever.
1: Yeah, for okay. sure.
0: Now, but I tell my kids all this all the time: is I'm not concerned with you being happy right now. No. I am concerned with you developing into a great human, because when God gave you to us, that is what He commissioned. That's your responsibility. To do. this is my you are my responsibility. I know what 100%. I can. I've seen the things that you don't see, and so that's why I tell them: I'm not super concerned with your happiness. I'm super concerned with what you're, you're going to become.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for sure.
0: So. As you're going through the kids and the salons and stuff like that, so you've, you guys have grown this thing to absolutely a wonderful place. I have multiple friends of mine that their, their wives go there, there's guys and girls that go there, there's, it's a great place. Because I did some research after getting to know you of like, tell me about this place, oh, this place is awesome, it's best place. I mean, commissioned by some of my friends, best salon in Birmingham. Open up a second location. Let's talk through that real quick. Talk to me about like the nuts and the bolts of that.
1: From Valleydale to the second no, or the new third one. location. Okay, I, cool. I
0: said because you don't have Valleydale. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, don't have it anymore. You got 119, yeah. you're opening up one in Hoover,
1: right? yeah. so let's talk through that for sure. So, after doing that first split location where we had Valleydale at the same time, we learned a lot. We learned that it's better to partner with somebody and do another business as well. It's, it's much better to partner with somebody like minded to kind of split the responsibilities if you will maybe that's a bad bad choice of words but you want somebody that's vested that that wants the same thing for their life that you want for your life same culture same you know um, family life you know all those things that that are cohesive with me and Brittany you want it to be cohesive as a group so we found this wonderful couple uh, one of our top stylists her and her husband um, love the Lord great great stylist and she voice to us that she wanna have her own salon someday. And we have a couple of them that'll voice that. And so we decided this year, um, we looked at different locations, the Lord opened up a door um, in trace crossings across from the Met yeah. and the rent was we looked at one place, and the rent was just it just wasn't gonna work financially, just on paper. <clears throat> and then um, somebody texted Brittany, the guy that was building the 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 other one, and he's like, "Hey, we'd love to have you guys at that location, and what do you need to be in for?" So we gave him a number. They met the number. And so it was amazing, brand new construction. So we're going in sixty forty with this group. So we created a new LLC. When you
0: say this group, what do you mean? What do you mean this
1: group? Like <clears throat> yeah, the so, girl, the girl that the other stylist. Yeah, yeah. So we're coming in uh, two L, like two holding companies are going to merge together and create this new LLC. So it's forty three one Stadium Trace. But that's kind of how that's going to roll. So we're going to merge together. We just left the lawyers office a couple hours hours ago, signing everything. So. We're all good, and, and, and everything's fine. We've got everything set up, and then we just signed the contract on the new place yesterday. How long is it build out going to take? <clears throat> We're thinking, they said Q3, Q4, so Q3, Q4, somewhere around. Okay, when you do that,
0: you're leasing the building? Leasing. Okay. Are they
1: giving you any money yes. to build out? Yes. So you have a, for anybody that doesn't know, you you, you hire a commercial real real estate person. Sure. We use Richard Tidwell. Yeah. Oh, I know Richard. Yeah, I've known him for a long time. So he negotiates for us to the, to the, the uh, the guy that owns the the, the, building. the buildings he did the new one for us he's done a lot of them so he negotiates hey if we sign this term give us x amount of money or what's the build out going to entail <coughs> so he does all that on the back end we don't pay him anything he gets commission off the the signing you know what i'm saying from the yeah. landlord but um but yeah you negotiate all that so we got a pretty good ti on this one uh, a tenant, tenant improvements yeah yes yeah, yeah. so a tenant improvements so um yeah so we'll get in on this one for we already have the number set like it's not crazy.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I didn't. So they'll pay some of the tenants. So like you'll say, hey, I need fourteen sinks over here.
1: They'll no no. Well, usually what they do. So you, so on this one, it's going to be a they call it a white box. Mm. So we'll have a white box build out. Well, then you, you still have to buy sinks, chairs, all this stuff. That's now, However, at the end of the thing, he could be like, whatever your TI is, say it's sixty grand. Whenever you finish everything and you get your um, occupancy from the uh, Hoover or whatever city you're in. They'll write you a sixty thousand dollars check. There's your TI, the
0: owner of the building, the landlord. Yes. Oh wow. Now,
1: now on the on their side of the business, they get all that back in on the on the you know it goes up like a percent, two percent, whatever you 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 know um, your contract says each year. So they're going to make their money back over that long period of time. So like the longer okay. you sign, the more you can get. How long did you sign your lease for? I signed a ten year. So we have a ten year at one nineteen, a ten year at Stadium Trace, and that was to get a little bit better TI and a little bit better mm. for the, the white box. Yeah. 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 So, and I've kind of learned all this just from doing it a couple of times. It's a, it's a lot to learn. Like okay. we didn't even negotiate our first lease.
0: So here's the part that I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you about. Mm-hmm. So you've owned on the salon, mm-hmm. you have the photography business. Mm-hmm. So you recently just owned and got out of a gym. So, you and the. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we sold the gym, yeah. Y'all bought and sold the gym.
1: Yeah. Didn't make a ton of money. No, it wasn't like a million. I mean, yeah. it, it was, we made three times what we put into it and Which we got our money great. back the first year. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you made a little money there. Made money. So, you had a gym and then you also bought a franchise.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we did. You forgot about it. That's I forgot perfect. about it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you bought yeah. uh, all dry right? all dry. Yeah. So, so all dry franchise, which is a restoration company.
1: Yes. So tell
0: me about the structure you did with that. Cause I think that's really fascinating. and I love the model that you did there.
1: Right. So Dennis Daughtery, um, he kind of gave me the idea. We had lunch and, and he's a business guy as well. Does a lot of franchises and stuff. His concept was, was this, and it was pretty cool. It was like, find somebody, you know, that has a good work ethic, you know, same beliefs as you do, and but might not have the finances to actually put money in on, on the deal or or be a partner to work sweat equity um up through so so Aaron. Yeah Aaron's gonna work sweat equity, right? he I mean he's getting paid a course salary. He gets a salary. He gets a salary. So but
0: you, as so you 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 find a guy
1: yeah, find the guy. He, uh, he's that's the, the hardest part, finding the operator. Yeah, okay. that's the hardest part. He
0: gets a salary.
1: He gets a salary.
0: But on day one, he gets a small percentage of equity.
1: Yes, correct. Yes, yes. Like a twenty percent, yeah, okay. or I guess I, I think he took ten percent. I, I can't remember exactly, yeah. but it's ten or twenty percent, yeah. So as the money starts coming back for the investment, right? So the one that, the money that you physically put in, yeah. So my partner and I, so Ryan and, and yeah. myself, we put X amount of dollars in, and when that money fully funds, so when we get that full return, he gets fifty percent ownership.
0: Okay, so let's just use round numbers for example. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's say you and you and Ryan put a hundred thousand dollars apiece. Yeah. Okay. After you pay Aaron, let's just use a good round number. I have no idea about the numbers. Say you pay Aaron fifty grand a year. Mm-hmm. So Aaron makes fifty grand a year. Y'all put in $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. put in $100,000, okay? So the business makes money, all profit goes back. Goes back does it go back into the, like a fund for y'all? Or do you go, where do you pick out like, how do you pick out the money goes into a fund to pay back investors? Or does the money go back into a fund to grow the business?
1: Yeah, so we just do a set amount each month. Okay, so so you know, you, it's a comfortable amount. Like, I mean, of course, I want it to be more, it'd be yeah. more of course, but but it's a comfortable amount that the, the business can still sustain itself, pay payroll, pay all the expenses, but still get some kind of money back in our pocket.
0: Okay, so say it's say it's five grand a month.
1: Yeah, five grand a so, month. So
0: you get five grand a month. Ryan gets five grand a month. again right. round numbers, and so once that gets to a hundred,
1: two hundred. Yeah, yeah, hundred each. Hundred yeah. each.
0: Then the operator. Fifty percent. we fifty percent equity.
1: Ryan and I will back down to twenty five. Twenty five and twenty five. Yes. So, what, what's your exit strategy? Um, <laughs> how do you a, make like? Yeah. How
0: do you make money? How do you make money here? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, the business model of the restoration company is it. It sold us. I mean, it's a, it's a very good business. Um, there's a lot of highs and lows, of course, but it's a very there's a big profit margin. It's thirty eight percent profit margin. So, it's a pretty big profit margin for a business. Right. And so. Our end game, when when we first bought in, we were thinking like a one, two year turnaround because I saw every other business has been so fast. This is more of like building a brand because the franchise was so young. Like I think we were number nine, or no, number 13 on the franchise. I think I looked the other day and I think there was like 100 and something franchises across America. So it's grown just insanely fast. Their structure, I've learned a lot about franchises. First of all, you give them way too much money. That's one thing I'll say franchises. You have really? to give them... Yeah, it's it's crazy. What we do, 8% is what uh, All Dry asked for. So which, if you
0: bring in a... Hundred, you have a $100,000 job. You give... You stroke them a check for eight grand.
1: Eight grand, yeah, right away. Off gross. Everything. Everything. Any money that goes into your account.
0: Plus, you pay them fees up front.
1: Oh, yeah. You have to buy territory. So the 200000 goes to buy territory, trucks, whatever you can buy. And then, yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah eight percent's a lot that's a lot man i've learned a lot I've learned a lot since since that and I don't regret anything i th- again, Ryan and I's intention of all drive was honestly one hundred percent to bless our operator and his family like yeah. we i mean of course, to make some kind of money, but we're not trying to be like, okay, we want two hundred grand a year each, you know from mm-hmm. the company i mean if it comes to that, that's amazing, but our big thing was trying to bless somebody else yeah that that didn't have the means. To, to get in that position. And that's really what it boiled down to. So the heart's pure. Everything's good with that. The, it's a lot slower growth. Aaron works hard, busts his tail, does amazing. Um, so yeah, that's how that's structured though. But it, it just gives somebody the opportunity that's- How hard, that's hard is the better. marketing with that business? How hard is the marketing?
0: I a, mean how hard is the marketing with that business, but how hard is the marketing for a franchise?
1: Yeah. You know, man. I've learned so much. I, I, I kind of want to see how, you know, I don't want to go too deep. The, I've just learned a lot. Um, Aaron's, uh, our operator's amazing. It's nothing to do with him. It's just, I, we did not expect that we had to build a brand as well. And so we're coming in here competing with ServPro, the biggest, I think they're like number one out of all the ServPros in the US and they're right down the street. Mm. So we're trying to build a brand in an industry that has no clue who we are, right? So, but we're also giving 8% to somebody because we're using their brand. So hindsight 2020, we should have bought the trucks, got certified and just started our own company. We would have been doing the same thing. You should have same started thing. rock restoration. Same exact thing, except we'd had more money in our pockets in the end of the day. So if you had to do it over again, Ooh. you would do that? Yeah, I think, I think we all would. I think, I think, wow. I think we all would. I think it's, a um, I don't think I would ever do another franchise, honestly. Wow. I just think it's the work you put in does not equal the opportunity that's there.
0: The girl, Cody Sanchez, I, I told you about her you know, so on social media. She yeah. does a great job. She is not a proponent of, of franchises franchise because yeah. of the exact reasons. She's yeah. like, she really honestly feels like you do a little bit about like you did with the weddings. Yeah. Like YouTube experience, start you out anything, slow, yeah. go, go, go. As opposed to spending tons, getting tons,
1: Cause a lot of up front.
0: To, like y'all had money. like y'all had done well with the salon and with photography and the gym and y'all had done well. Right. And so you had capital to go, a lot of people don't have capital and they take out tons of debt to do franchises where Cody says, Hey, don't do that. Learn it on YouTube, start it and then go from there.
1: There's now, now I think this is totally different. I think franchise, you can't look at every franchise. I don't think is, is all as inclusive. So in this conversation, McDonald's, you could probably open a McDonald's and do kill it. You know, you know, you'll do fine. Burger King, I'm sure some, you already have that brand built. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do I still agree with the <clears throat> the franchise model personally? I don't like it, but I'm, I'm more entrepreneurial. Like I'm like, we can do this ourselves. It's no big deal. And a lot of people aren't. A lot of people will be like, I'm going to cash out retirement, hands off job. Let me buy into this. And if that's your thing, swing that way, man. You know what I'm saying? It's totally cool. But if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, I think you'll just be pissed off with a, with a franchise. Like wow. straight and simple. Like I don't regret anything we did because everything that we did was pure intentions. Everything's going to work. Everything will work out fine. It's not losing money. We haven't had to put any more money in. So it's doing fine. It's paying us back every month. So it's like, it's just not as fast growth as what we assumed looking at all their numbers, all their numbers. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's all you're doing.
0: <clears throat> okay. So let's talk through this real quick. This yep. is what you and I spend the most time talking about because mm-hmm. we talk pretty a bit. So salon photography, all dry. Um, what are you doing now? I know what you're doing now. Talk to me about what your thoughts are now from an investing standpoint. Yeah. Like, where you, the road, because we got introduced, because like it was five people. The crazy mm-hmm. thing about our relationship is this. There are four or five people like, hey, do you know Rock? I'm like, no. You need me meet rock. Hey, do you know Rock? No. You need me meet rock.
1: It was the other way around, too. Now, Same thing with me.
0: And so, we're, we're kindred spirits in so many ways. So, what are you doing? Tell me what you're doing now as far as the investment standpoint with any any money that you have. And then I'll ask another question about the financial part. For sure,
1: yeah. So right now, as you know, we, we joined the Mastermind mastermind yeah. Group, Wealth Without Wall Street, been amazing. And it really opened our ideas. And me and you've talked about this a lot. When you surround yourself with people that are on the same level playing field as you, that are entrepreneurs, still doing good, you're only gonna cap yourself at that rate because you don't have anything to, to shoot for. Right. So what we did when we joined this Mastermind was we're surrounded with people that are just on a whole different level than us. And so therefore instead of being cowered down and being like, "Oh man, I don't I don't I don't even belong here," just trying to rise to that be like surround yourself with people you want to be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so our big thing is is getting in that group. We've learned so much about taxes, how to invest your money in in hands-off investments, passive income. So we started, I think we started two businesses this year. Um, one of them, we started a new LLC, and so we invest in ATMs. So we have, it's a complete passive play. Um, it's a seven-year uh, by you know, you're in there for seven years, you're locked right. in for seven the years. Money's locked up for seven years. Locked up for seven years. Great it's a it's a good good monthly return. So you cash flow. So the way the mastermind looks at it is this is like, okay, what is your current problem? Is it taxes? Is it cash flow? Is it just more money? You know what I'm saying? So then you look at those things and say, okay, this year my problem is taxes. So what we did is we needed a tax benefit. So instead of just buying a car like a lot of people do, which sure. is you know not the smartest thing to do. I mean, it works, but it's not the smartest thing for bonus depreciation. There's a lot of people do that. A lot of people. Yeah. And, and now if you need a car, if, if your car, uh, maybe that's a way of it, it. It really is. Yeah. And so, but a lot of entrepreneurs, they just don't know because they've never heard of anything else. With well, these ATMs, they're 100% bonus depreciated um, against passive income. So that's your tax benefit. So we bought the ATMs for, for that um, completely hands off. Um, we just put into a fund. The people that run it are part of the mastermind. So everybody kind of is in it. <clears throat> that was a big thing and then we just started the 43 One Hair the extension company yeah. you know a couple months ago I guess a month or two ago
0: so talking about that so the, the extensions you guys now have found a company that makes them for you
1: Right, yeah. We were selling, uh, I think it was like 170,000 a year in, in extensions, hair extensions. Yeah. And so what we would have to do as a salon, we would buy the hair extensions, then market up 100% yep. to be able to be retail, yeah. to give the girls the commission, the oh, retail yeah. commission, all sure. this stuff. Um, and it worked fine, man, our numbers just shot up tremendously because all this extra um, income. So what we did, they started raising their prices and so Brittany, the cool thing about Brittany is like, she's a, like, just like me, like she's entrepreneur too. Like she's like, God put us together and we have both grown into this role of being like just entrepreneurial spirit. Just like, what can we do to, right. you know, anyway, so she sourced some hair and so we have it branded. We started a new extension company. So now our salon sells exclusive 43, one extensions, 43, one hair.
0: Okay. Another question. Is that another business? yes it's another LLC yeah, completely different so is it underneath the holdings yeah
1: no because w- again in the mastermind we, we we learned about the holdings kind of idea a little bit later than we are and we already had started that that one yeah. so that 43 uh, one extension company is rock and Brittany 50 50 so nobody else is in on that and so we pretty much just saw a need of you know, anytime you can supply, same thing with you. Like if you could supply your own kitchen with all your, if, own I, my,
0: if I could raise my own chicken, I'd do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you're cutting out an expense and you're making money as a chicken distributor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it was very smart on Brittany's thing, and I honestly, when she started talking about, it, I was like, "This is never going to work." Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, this is how are you going to find hair? And she went through tons of different. Uh, distributors for hair because it's overseas hair. So you got to wait till that stuff comes in. Then you got to try it out for like four or six months, make sure it's going to last. And most of it was just garbage stuff. Mm. Well then, you know, I guess probably Q2, Q3, she found this one distributor and hair's amazing. All our stylists love it, which is a big thing. Huge. Yeah. Because they all, all want to sell it. And so that was just another blessing that God kind of made happen. You know, it's just like a need that, that I guess Brittany more, more than me found a, a, a way to, um, I guess, capture that extra loss that you're going to be spending to somebody else. You know.
0: Okay, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. So you started the ATM thing. You got the ATM thing from the mastermind. Yes. You and I talked about the mastermind. So you went out to Arizona to so a down. meeting. You mm-hmm. weren't involved with the mastermind at that point. You just paid to go to the conference that Russ and those guys at Wealth Without Wall Street started. You go to that thing. And you ended up joining the mastermind. Yes. Okay. Is it worth the money? One
1: hundred percent. No hesitation. No hesitation. It's ex- and it's it's a it's pricey. I'm not gonna lie. It's not how like, much is it? Tell me. So it's twenty thousand a year. Okay. So it's it's not everybody's cup of tea, which is totally cool, but. The the value you get. So we do Zoom calls um, twice a month, and then you can jump in all these other Zoom calls. But they have different levels. So we're in the mastermind group. They have the inner circle, which is a different, uh, I guess, tier you yeah, know, sure. into the system. More expensive or less expensive, whatever. Yeah, no. The money we're going to save from taxes alone is paid for this year. Does that make sense? So like, this year's already paid for, or I guess we just started in October. So we've made twenty thousand. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's it's you're made-
0: paying twenty thousand dollars less than taxes. One
1: hundred percent. Yeah. So you so it's already made itself back. The connections you have with these people, it's just a whole. It opens your eye, or opened our eyes, to a whole different avenue of business that just blows us away.
0: Okay, since October, you've learned about the ATMs. Yeah, you've learned about the whole, a little bit about the holding companies, which kind of helps you guys, and then you've learned about taxes. Uh, those are the three. Th- huge takeaways. trust
1: we learned about trust so we're getting ready to set up trust by the way you need to do yeah 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 Yeah. so we had got on you before you went out there but not having a will Um,
0: (laughs) yeah so you learn about those things what is what are you learning now that like you're like you're excited about that you've learned from this group that you had no idea about before
1: so the cool thing with this group that I think me and Brittany are both pretty excited about is
0: they- hey, Let me say this too. We are not pushing this group. I'm just, I'm just- Oh, no, 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 yeah, I'm not yeah, even yeah. in a group. I just <laughs> wanna know about- I the, keep trying to get you to yeah, join I, <laughs> I just wanna know about like- Yeah, yeah. This is more of inquiring me wanting to know, hey, yeah, what are you sure. learning?
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and so I'm sure every mastermind has benefits, no doubt. Yeah. So this one, they're so good at next steps. So the way they break down everything into a easy viable next step. What is your next step? Is it to book a call with somebody just to get a conversation started with whatever, like we have got a call the 28th with the CO scrubbers. So there's a new investment, it's gonna, it's gonna be insane. So, and this guy's in the group as well and he does these CO scrubbers and, and people get in this. So I think it's like a 300% bonus depreciation. Okay. Um, I'll learn more about that and yeah. come back to you on that one. But, um, so we've created a whole financial path for next year so so me and Brittany sat down we've created q1 we know how much money we're going to make q2 q3 and q4 so we know what our cash flow is going to be what our end of the year um, tax liability is going to be because we know which each company is going to pay us so every month i know x is going to pay us this this llc is going to pay us this so we have our whole cash flow system written down doing that alone we have increased from this year, and we are just talking about taxes, like what your tax return is. We've increased six figures from this year to next year, what we're gonna make, just from having a solid plan. Not that we couldn't do that on our own. We just were never taught that way. We're always just like fly by the seat, like, hey, do you wanna do this gym? Yeah, let's buy the gym. Do you wanna do this? Mm. So now you have something that's called, that the way they call it investor DNA. What's your, what's your investor DNA? So what is it that you, Thomas, are wired to do? Is, are you wired to do STR short-term rentals? Probably so. Am I? I don't know, man. I don't know if that's, at, at the beginning, that's what I wanted to do. But after learning all these passive income plays, I'm like, why don't I just let my money work instead of me having to do anything else extra. Right. So it doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong or, or vice versa. It's just that's your DNA and mine's sure. different. So they go through this whole process, finding your investor DNA, personal, personality profile. So there's a lot of upfront stuff. But you know, like I know when I'm gonna invest into another thing, uh, which might be more ATMs in Q3. So I, I know how everything's growing per quarter for 2023.
0: So, what did you think the next thing for you is? What is, like CO scrubber? I don't yeah. Know
1: that so is. yeah. So CO scrubbers. I need to have more information. On sure. It, yeah. Before we kind of dive into that one, but that's very interesting because it's a tax benefit against pa- uh, active income. Mm. So you have tax benefit against active and passive income. I think it's 500 hour cutoff per month or per year or something like that. I can't remember. Probably per year. But once you hit that $500 limit, it considers it to be active income. So active income depreciation can go only against active income. Passive depreciation goes against passive. Um, So the CO scrubbers goes against active income. So therefore we... Salon. Yes. Salon, 43-1 hair. Anything like that is active. So that would go against all that. We're looking at that. And we're also looking at land flipping. So... You told me about that. Yeah, the land flipping is pretty cool too. Is that
0: going to be... A more of a tax benefit or more of an income-producing benefit.
1: So the cool thing about all of these are it does both. So right. so you have a cash flow. Okay, so so you, of course, just like your houses, is you want them to cash flow. Once you cash flow, whatever that is, that's good thing because you're having that extra income. The way they look at it is this: is, is not being financially. What is it called? Um, they your your um, passive income has to be greater than your. Um, monthly expenses so say it costs 10 grand to, to run your household a month right if you can get passive income to cover that 10 grand you're financially free sure. because you have a motor running to cover these expenses and so that was just something we never even we knew we wanted passive income and but we didn't really know how to get it and we weren't in that group how passive is your how passive is it though
0: like how like really passive the, the Do you have any passive income right now today no. Okay, but you. But that's what you're investing in,
1: right? Yeah. Now. So the ATMs. I'll get a check every month on the 15th every month. Starts in February. Okay. So that'll be. That's all I do. I can look at an app and see where everything is. See all the the whole funds going, but I get a check every month, so I know that's passive.
0: And you've got a, the full full payback of that is what seven years?
1: Four years. So you so on a hundred thousand dollars, it's like a hundred and four thousand, you get twenty one forty-three a month. So so you get twenty one forty-three a month for seven years every month. So year four, you get your money back and then you make eighty-nine thousand dollars the next three years. So
0: eighty-nine thousand dollars in the course of seven your, yeah. years. Yeah,
1: course of course in seven years. Yeah. So and I'll say that's you can look at it two different ways. For us, you have the tax this is our playbook. You have the tax benefit, but then you also have something to set off monthly expenses, right? So you're whatever you're spending monthly, you're getting that cash flow. Even if it was your hundred thousand, what are you gonna do with a hundred you know, you're gonna have it sitting somewhere anyways. Sure. So have it invested in some kind of thing making money. Yeah. That's kind Um, of our play on that.
0: What else is going on right now as far as investing is concerned? That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot right now. Yeah. The You got the salon, you got the land flipping, you're talking about the seal scrubbers. The ATM, which is, I think sounds like you kind of forget that. For, I mean, you're done Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, you just put the money yeah. in and you kind of uh, what, what else right now as far as that's um, concerned? Anything else?
1: Yeah, the CO scrubber is going to be the next big thing, the call on the 28th after Christmas. We'll kind of figure out a little bit more on that. Yeah. And then the land flipping, we kind of wanted to do that, but I want to see how these CO scrubbers, like, see what the return is and see what the tax benefits are before we jump into the land flipping because they have a couple of different things. You have a buy-in where you can – spend a hundred thousand and they do it all for you, or you can <coughs> spend less money and try to do it yourself. Do it yourself. Okay. And I don't want to do it myself.
0: With the mastermind, yeah. this is what I worry about. Yeah. How do you not get overwhelmed with information and be like, I want to do this, I want to do that. Right, this is great. Yeah. Like, how do you either not get, get overwhelmed and like you've said before, create another job, or how do you get, not get overwhelmed and run out of money. Like, it's true, great like, great question. I ain't, I ain't got that much money. I can't right. do that, Johnny. I yeah, I might this. want to,
1: but I can't. Yeah. Investor DNA. Yeah. That cuts out everything.
0: So there's a lot of things in there that you'll hear, you're like, hey, that's not who I am.
1: Yeah, and they have, yeah, that's like, uh, somebody was talking about short-term rentals the other day, they had a, this, they have, I think a couple hundred thousand, or not a hundred thousand, a couple hundred homes across the US, and they were talking to the mastermind. And so after the call, they go around and rate it, and you're like, hey, how did you, is this something you would want to do? Rate it one and for me and some of the other people, they rated it lower because just because of the strictly the factor of the cash flow wasn't big enough for the investment. Now, you, I know you look farther into the future. I'm like, a long term. Yeah, guy. you're a long term guy. So for you, that's a perfect play. So in your investor DNA, it works perfect for you. Or somebody that just like, hey, I just have this this house and I just want to do this rental house. You know, whatever. I want to make four hundred bucks extra month. Make make four hundred bucks. That's totally cool. And you'll it'll pay itself off. You know what I'm saying? You'll be making more money yeah for me that's a little bit uh you know for my personal dna i want to do um we want to do a little bit more stuff to where it's more like a, a, a course of passive play but also a cash flow thing the group is amazing with helping you delegate that mm. so, so it's I have, not
0: just it's not just information it's advice
1: oh 100 yeah when you join the mastermind you have access to the coaches so the coaches are investors in all kind of stuff they're big level 30 year old guys that are retired just making passive income you know so it's like they kind of help you and they always go back to what's your investor dna what are you trying to shoot for for 2023 do you need to cut taxes do you need more cash flow you know do you need you know what do you need and then they work with you on that well have you thought about this or have you thought about Mm -hmm. this fund are you you know i'm saying yeah so it's a big it's not just a hey here's all the information and you figure out what you want to do with it. You have somebody that's kind of not holding your hand, but you have somebody you can go to and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? What's your take on this? And the cool thing with the coaches too, they've invested in most everything that's you're getting. Or if they haven't someone else, someone else. So you just, yeah. And we're on like the, the WhatsApp. So you just shoot the group of messages. Hey, is anybody, somebody was asking today for a realtor in North Carolina and like everybody answers like, Oh, I use this realtor. This is a great realtor. You know? So, so you reach out for any kind of, any people you need, any, any person, any group, any, and, and everybody's done it because they're just been in it for longer. Wow. The cool thing is though, is it's, it's a lot. There's some even w two people like high paying w twos, doctors and, yeah. and lawyers and stuff like that, that just won't passive income plays like our, like Steven our, our friend, Sure. Steven. So it's a, to me, like I said, we've already made the money back, just learning what we've learned so far. Yeah. And so, Next year is just going to be even bigger. And so far, you know, each year is going to be bigger and bigger That's after awesome. that. It's crazy. All
0: right. So as we wrap up here, what what do you need to tell people out there about you that you want people to know about what you're doing, all these things? Any, I guess any advice I would say for someone that is a business owner or parents and they're, they're trying to do these multiple things? Because, I mean, I'm in charge of 15 or 20 households. I mean, I got to pay pay those people that that feed their kids and and pay their bills you're the same so that's the responsibility obviously I've got three kids you've got four kids but then also there's other things that we want to do what what like I think what thoughts would you give people yeah
1: I think I think the biggest first of all if if as a business owner you have to learn and and me and Brittany had to learn this is you have to leave business at, at at the office don't bring it home. And in the first years, that was hard, man. We'd go on date nights and talking about the salon, you know? So it's like we had to learn and that was a process of trying to figure that out of how far, cause she's my business partner. So how much do we talk about business when it's our personal time? Mm. We're a lot better now. We don't really talk about it at all. That's the big thing. First of all, is leave business where business should be and, and, and to have home life where home life should be. Second thing is kind of like what we talked about in the beginning is If you're a entrepreneur and you even have that spirit, there's ways to make money. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, you don't have to go out and spend a hundred thousand dollars on a fund and, and have some kind of passive income play, but you need to have a goal of each quarter. This quarter, I want to do this. Mm. And you have to make steps. That's another big thing. I think a lot of people, tons of people, and it's probably the same with you, come to me with ideas. Why don't you do this? And I'm like, you do it. Yeah. It's your idea. Like God gives you ideas too, like you do it. So I think one thing, and we can kind of wrap up here is God gives people ideas, but if you don't follow through on that idea, he'll give it to somebody else. Sure. And so that person is going to be you. You're going to look back and be like, man, I had that same idea, same idea, yeah. same idea. That's you know, awesome. but you have to do something with it. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, thank you so much. This has been great. A lot of stuff I learned that I didn't know. And just um, you've done a lot. And I really appreciate your friendship. I really appreciate you coming on. And just, I mean, I got a list of things here that I just want to ask and go into deeper later on, but like, uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, for everyone out there, uh, Rock's a great guy to follow, does a lot of great things and is a great example of so many different things. And so, um, thank you so much for watching. We appreciate it. Bye.